Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Speaking with Influence, where you'll hear professional speakers discussing their signature talks and how they educate, motivate, and inspire their audiences around the world. Speaking with Influence is brought to you by the Speakers Guild USA, where we have the perfect speaker for your next event. Visit us at speakersguildusa.com. Well, good morning. I'm Deborah Simpson coming to you from San Diego, California. If any of our listeners are on Twitter, and especially if you're a professional speaker, I'd appreciate you hitting the Tweet This button and let your followers know about the show. If you have a question, you can feel free to call in. The number is 516-595-8125. And if you like the show, you can follow the show by tapping the Follow Us button on the show page. And, of course, you can keep up with us via iTunes. Today, my guest is Rhonda Schur. Rhonda is a nationally recognized expert in business networking and LinkedIn. She's the author of The Two-Minute Networker, The ABCs of LinkedIn, Get Linked In or Get Left Out, and How to Avoid the Business Card Pile-Up, 52 Ways to Boost Your Business with Business Cards. So Rhonda is an expert at teaching CEOs, speakers, authors, small business owners, and entrepreneurs how to leverage LinkedIn and convert relationships into revenue. Rhonda's natural humor Interactive approach and 20 years of business experience has brought her into the forefront as a sought-after national keynote speaker and trainer. She teaches powerful, practical techniques and insider secrets to take your profile to profit using LinkedIn. When it comes to generating leads and referrals on LinkedIn, you won't be left out when you work with Rhonda. Rhonda, welcome to the show. It's so nice to have you here today. Thanks. I'm really happy to be here. So, tell me a little bit about your tell me a little bit about your background and how you became one of the sought after LinkedIn consultants. My background, Deborah, was as a paralegal, so it was pretty natural for me to be able to research and connect. And I've always been a natural connector. I was one of the really early adopters with LinkedIn. I had previously written books and been speaking on uh, networking. And when LinkedIn showed up, it was the perfect way to go from offline to online and also to network online with a platform that was worldwide with professional business people. And having background in research, as a paralegal, it was just a simple, logical step for me. It came very easily to me. And I absolutely love it because I know how to use it and leverage it. Do you think then that LinkedIn is what we consider one big fat business card? I don't know that I would call it a business card. What I would call it is the the largest platform out there where people invest time versus Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, and all of the other social media platforms because that's where people spend time. So I don't know that I'd call it a business card, but what I would call it is probably the largest business platform where you can just about find anybody and more information about them in an organized way than any other platform. Yes, maybe I should have said business Rolodex. Because that's more what I think it's like. 
Yes. And so when we get onto LinkedIn, what, you know, and, and you know I work with a lot of speakers, but I also work with small business owners. What are some of the mistakes that we make about LinkedIn? You know, so many people, I know I've been on Facebook for years, and I really never got that involved in LinkedIn until I took over the Speakers Guild, and now, of course, I want to learn more. So um, how do you see all of that? Well, one of the mistakes people make is that, you know, the, the speakers and the coaches and all of the professionals that are out there don't know how to use LinkedIn to show up in the way that they really are professionally. So the analogy that I use is it's like they're going to a black tie dance, a black tie event, they're wearing their running clothes. They, they're not using the banner, for example, which LinkedIn defaults to a plain blue background, and it's free to create a banner where you can use your keywords to optimize it. You can use your logo. You can use your branding. I see a lot of professionals that have selfies for a headshot. And in reality, you're 11 times more likely to interact with people if you have a professional headshot. The other mistake that I see is in your headline, and that's what goes directly beneath your headshot, if you do not write a headline and LinkedIn gives you 120 characters, LinkedIn defaults to just putting the title of your current position. Well, if that's not what people are looking for, they're not searching for a motivational speaker with an expertise in whatever it is using those keywords, and they just put the name of their company, they're basically never going to get found as if they're on page 10 of Google. And then the other big mistake that I see quite often is they neglect to put their contact information. And without having your contact information, people are just going to go to the next profile. My recommendation is that you put it in several places. You make it really easy for people to reach out to you, whether that's an email, a phone number, a link to book a time with you, um, whatever that happens to be, you want to do that. And then finally, the other thing that I see is they have no, no idea how to do privacy settings, so they're leaving their profiles open in a way to go over to other profiles. There's a section that says other people viewed. And just like when you go to Amazon, you buy something, Amazon is so nice. They say, oh, well, you know, other people bought this, this, and this. Would you like to add that to your cart? And before you're done, you've added three things that you didn't want to buy. Well, LinkedIn also says on the right-hand side, people also viewed. And you have no control over what's there. So if your profile doesn't have your contact information, isn't very compelling, they're just going to go over to the right-hand side and say, oh, well, LinkedIn already did the work for me. I'm just going to pop over and see some of these profiles. And you can turn that off. So those are the most common mistakes that I see. And the other part is they don't know how to use it. They literally set, click the connect button without sending a personalized connection request. So that's just a, a snapshot oh. of some of the don'ts. So, so that's something that we should do when we accept a connection, send a personalized uh, email, is it? No, it's a personalized connection request. So instead of just hitting the connect button, oh. I would hit connect, but I would put add a personal note. And I might say something like, Deborah, came across your profile. 
Notice that we share common connections and we both work in the world of speakers. It would be great to connect and learn how we can network for our mutual benefit. Best regards. And once you get that personal message and you read it, you'll click on my profile most of the time and you'll say, wow, you know, you'll look at who I am and then you'll click accept in most cases. Once you do that Mm -hmm. and I now know that you've accepted, I'm going to send you a note that says, Deborah, thanks so much for accepting my connection request. Here's a little bit about me and it's really very little. Um, And then I basically say, I'd love to learn more about you and your business. And if there's a way that we might be able to mutually help each other, best regards. And then I just put um, a little link on the bottom where they can book a time to get 30 minutes on the calendar with me. And that's a very, very effective way to be serving and not selling and nurturing your network. Yes. I've found that sometimes when I accept a connection request, uh, right away I get a sales pitch from the person who I just connected with and you know, that's not something that I necessarily do because I know that we're there for relationships and how, for instance, how we can collaborate together. The other thing I noticed that's interesting on LinkedIn, and I'll ask you this, do they have the opportunity to download their connections and does that reveal all our email addresses? Because it occurs to me that when I accept some requests from people then all of a sudden I find out I'm on an email list and I'm getting emails from them. Is that a strategy that is a productive strategy, something that you would suggest people do? Because personally, I find it a little bit irritating. I'd like to be asked if I'm going to be put onto an email list because my email box is really full on its own. Oh, I bet. And that's a great question, and I get that a lot. So. The first part of the question is, yes, you can download all of your connections, and you should, because you worked really hard to make those connections, and for some reason, if something happens with LinkedIn, you want to be able to make sure that you do have that, because LinkedIn changes almost daily, and they may take that away. So, yes, download them. However, do not email blast to everybody that you've connected to. They gave you permission to connect with them on LinkedIn. They did not give you permission to add them to an email list. So the way that you can work around that, there's a couple of good workarounds with that. One is um, you can send a personal message and say, I'd love to take this conversation offline and, you know, talk on email. Uh, would, you know, do I have your permission to send an email to you? That's one way. Another way, which is kind of creative, is you can um, take all the emails, create a custom Facebook group, and then uh, put some sort of an offer on that custom Facebook group where you send them to a landing page. And maybe you're offering something that's got tremendous value, but you sell it for 99 Mm -hmm. cents. Well, once you do that and they've opted in, now you have permission to actually put right. them on an email list because they're your customer. Um, or you right. could simply just send them a message asking for permission. And this is not one of those cases where you ask for forgiveness um, and permission later. You ask for permission first. And then <clears throat> there's also, isn't there the LinkedIn publishing that allows yes. us to write long-form posts and articles? Yeah, absolutely, and I recommend that you post three times a day. It doesn't have to be your original post, 
um, it's a very good idea to share other people's posts. And if you're following people like Richard Branson and Tony Robbins and some of the real influencers out there, uh, many people don't follow them. So you can just share what they've posted. I do recommend posting something original and not salesy. You can post a video. Um, one of the most effective things to post are lists. These are the top five business books that I recommend or, you know, something that is going to be of value. In terms of Pulse, the publishing platform, the interesting thing about that is the last statistic that I read, given that somebody joins every second on LinkedIn, is that only about 3% of all of the people on LinkedIn are using Pulse the publishing platform, which is really good news because if you are one of those people that are publishing, you have a very good shot if you're, you know, publishing good information, well-written, that you can become uh, more of an influencer. And it's a very underutilized, free way to have your voice heard on a platform where just about everybody that's in business uh, is in one way or another. So you would take, would you take a blog post that you wrote up and created and then bring it over, copy and paste it, and then create a pulse out of it? You would, sure, absolutely. You, okay. you know, what you want to do is publish articles that are of interest to people. And, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of times um, sharing personal information, and I don't mean where you went for lunch and all of that, but sharing personal information. Yesterday there was a post on LinkedIn that was a video that I thought was absolutely amazing. It was, um, you don't have to be a millionaire to help the homeless situation. And it showed, I forget what city it was, but it was a city where um, people were bringing medical care, you know, directly to the streets. And the number of views that this got was absolutely astounding. And I thought it was such a moving moving post that I shared it. And when, you know, and here's the thing, I don't know in how many people's feed it was, but I added it to mine. And um, again, you know, the more value that you're sharing, the more interesting things that you share, the more you become visible. Right. Yeah. And you have to share. Does, <clears throat> does video pull as well on LinkedIn as it does on Facebook? It doesn't. It actually doesn't. It doesn't? Uh, they, okay. No. thing that I've read, and there is the native video, which is, you know, similar, I would say, to, um, you know, Facebook Live, for example. And there are people that do it, but it doesn't pull as well. You see a lot of it, but, not, you know, Facebook is still the leader in that, at least from what the studies show. The leader in video? Yeah, it's that it's Facebook and YouTube. It's not um, LinkedIn. I don't know why that is. I'm it's sorry. It's interesting. So, yeah, so I'm sorry, Facebook I missed is, that. You Facebook said video. Effective with video. Yes. Facebook is more effective in video yeah. than LinkedIn. Yeah, I mean, Facebook is really great with video. They, uh, if when you come from a publishing point of view, which is where I come from. Uh, being able to use things like Facebook Live, uh, tools like that, I think are really helpful to small business owners. But I know that LinkedIn is a lot more 
a little bit more structured, not so freewheeling. I think Facebook is a fun place to be. It's a good place to have, depending on what your business is, it's a good place for business pages. But I still hold out LinkedIn is where the professional activity is. And uh, that's why I'm so happy that you're on the show today to kind of share with people, you know, your expertise in LinkedIn. And while we're at that, why don't you share with the listeners your contact information in case they'd like to get in touch with you for a consult? Absolutely. So they can go to yourconnectionconsultant.com, and there they can download a free copy of Seven Steps to a Profitable Profile. They can also connect with me on LinkedIn directly, which is linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash Rhonda L. Schur, R-H-O-N-D-A-L-S-H-E-R. Or they can um, reach out to me at LinkedIn Diva at gmail.com. So any one of those ways uh, they can find me. Great. That's good. Um, What do you think the future of LinkedIn is? Well, considering that Microsoft bought LinkedIn in October of 2016 for 26 point something billion dollars, I think that what's going to happen is on every computer, we're going to see the integration with the CRM system where you're going to be one click away from anybody's name to go directly to their LinkedIn profile because Microsoft is a giant. And LinkedIn is a money-making operation. And so uh, you're going to see a lot more. One of the questions that I get asked very frequently is, why should I get the paid version? You know, I keep getting these messages from LinkedIn, you know, that this many people viewed my profile. And it's an interesting sales tactic on the part of LinkedIn. It's very similar to what some of the free dating services use. They'll say, oh, you've had this many views. Well, what they're really trying to do is say, we want you to use the paid version because without the paid version, you can only see the first three people that looked at you. And Mm -hmm. the reason that you want to do that is if you have a very client-centric, optimized, upgraded profile, it's really valuable to know who's looked at you because a lot of times they'll do a drive-by, but they won't connect. But you can tell who's looking at you, and that's extremely valuable because you can then reach out to them and say, Deborah, I noticed that you viewed my profile, um, but you didn't connect. I'd love to know what you found interesting and how I might be a resource for you. Uh, let's connect, blah, blah, or even just pick up the phone. So there's a lot of ways, and I think you're going to see more and more visibility of LinkedIn because of Microsoft's ownership. And so you do uh, suggest that we upgrade to the premium version. Yes. However, the caveat to that is before you do that, upgrade your profile. Make sure that you have a banner, you have a headline that's keyword optimized, that you have a summary that tells people who you are, what you do, what others think about the work that you do, what is the problem you solve, how do they reach you, and have third-party validation, including the recommendations, but I'm a big fan of video testimonials that people talk about. I would recommend Deborah Simpson as somebody whose speaker guild you want to work with because she gets results. If you're a business person 
and you're looking for more speaking engagements, her platform is one that most people don't know about, but you need to get on there. Now, if I had that, and I would gladly say it because it's true, and put that on Thank your you. profile, somebody that's considering, you know, spending the small amount of money that you charge for that platform, you're not charging enough, that it basically would be, you know, that's the decision maker because we all know that what somebody else says about you is a thousand times more powerful than what you say about yourself. So you just right. want to put that in there. And the other thing that's really interesting about LinkedIn is that LinkedIn shows up higher on Google than most websites, believe it or not. It's because of something called the MOZ rating. So when somebody Googles your name and you have a LinkedIn profile and it's not Mary Smith or John Smith, there's a 70% chance or better that your profile is going to show up on the first page of Google. And because LinkedIn has that credibility, when somebody clicks on it, literally in six seconds, they're going to make a decision about you. So are you showing up for the black tie event in your running clothes or are you really dressed for the party? That's the question that people need to ask themselves. And when you mentioned earlier having a good headline, is that the yes. area that's just below our name on our profile? It is. It is. And that's where your oh, okay. keywords go for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in your Perfect. Case, that's Deborah, what I thought it was. And, and I'm going to change this for you. Um, it has Executive Director at Speaker Guild USA, which is fine. And then it has Speaker, Podcaster, Blogger, Member Retention Expert, but what I know about you is that you're looking for people that are in business that want to speak to grow their business. And you have a vehicle yes. to help them get those speaking engagements. Your headline doesn't tell oh. people. So yeah, there you're are right. people that, yeah. So here you are, this amazing expert, and yet you're invisible to the people that actually need you and don't even know you exist. That's a good tip. I will be changing that after we hang up. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll help you. How's that? (laughs) Yeah, so how do you work with people on their LinkedIn profiles? There's several ways that I do that. Um, You know, everybody has a choice. They can spend time or money, and that's, that's a very good thing. So one of the ways I work with people is I get on a Zoom with them on a joint screen, and I go through their profile, and I show them um, all of the ways that they can improve their profile so that they can be more client-centric and attract their ideal client. And I also ask, you know, who is it that you're looking for to attract? Um, who are your referral partners? So one way that I do it is basically it's a 30 to 60-minute join screen, and we go through that. Um, the second way is I have a done-for-you program. I literally will – send you an intake form. You're going to fill that out. We spend about an hour on the phone. I interview you. And then I completely upgrade and optimize your profile. And it's a done for you. And I spend an hour with you afterwards explaining how you can use it. Um, If you have a good profile and you're not getting results, chances are you're probably not using the paid version and you're not utilizing LinkedIn. And I have several uh, partners that I work with who you who do LinkedIn lead generation, and it's optimized so that instead of spending 40 to 50 hours a month on LinkedIn, you just spend 30 minutes a day, and the um, LinkedIn generation does the work for you. And literally, you go to your inbox, 
And guess what you find? Appointments of qualified people that want to talk to you about your product or service. And if you know how to close, there you go. It becomes an ATM machine for leads. There you go. Okay, I'm, I'm committed. I'm moving forward with it. So let me ask you this. <laughs> what, is, what should I have asked you that I didn't ask you? I think the question that you should have asked me is, how do I know who to accept connection requests? Many people are very confused about that. And the criteria that I recommend is, number one, if they don't have a picture, don't accept them. If they send a request without a personal note, I don't hold that against anybody because, honestly, a lot of people don't even know how to do it. And if you are sending a connection request from your phone, it's very tricky because there's the three little dots, and that's how you send the personal request. So the second thing that I would say is, um, you know, look at the profile and see if you have common connections. If the uh, picture looks a little sketchy and maybe you think it's a stock photo, take a couple of minutes, put it into Google Images, and see if it's actually a stock photo, which means that it's a made-up profile. Um, and then the other part mm-hmm. is, you know, look at it and say, you, you have 30,000 connections. After 30,000, you have to either start deleting people or you then just have followers. And I'm almost up to 14,000, I think, or 13, I forget what number I'm at. So you want to be a little bit picky about who you're accepting from. And um, also, if you're in doubt, you can actually send somebody a message and say, I- I'm interested in why you wanted to connect with me. So I think the question mm-hmm. that you, you want to ask is, and this is what I get asked all the time, you know, and, and the other question that I think is important is, I don't want to put my phone number on there. Why should I put my phone number? And the answer that I give <laughs> is, number one, get a Google phone number. It's not traceable. It makes you very accessible. And if you're not using it for anything else, then you know that any calls that come through are because it was posted on LinkedIn. And here's the thing. Basically, people are lazy. So if they don't, you know, if they don't see a way to reach out to you, they're just going to go to the next person. So I say, yes, put a phone number there, but put a Google number. Or if you don't want to put a phone number, go get a hotline that just talks about what you do and let them leave a message and make sure you call back pretty quickly. Those are all great tips. It's been really nice to have you on the show today. Your knowledge of LinkedIn is just outstanding and I'm looking forward to you helping me with my profile and bring me more up to speed on LinkedIn because that's definitely the tool I want to use and have not really taken the time to delve into it completely. So uh, I think it's a wonderful that you shared all this information and I hope that the listeners will reach out to you and take advantage of the offer that you've made to help them improve their LinkedIn profile and help them get more business through LinkedIn. Thanks, Deborah. And the offer that I actually made to all of the, I did a national webinar for SCORE, and I offered a $97 profile review, and I will make that available to everybody that's on your show as well. So they can reach me any one of the ways we talked about, LinkedIn Diva, Gmail, or uh, connecting with me and putting a note in there. And I'm happy to, um, you know, make that offer of $97 for a Zoom session where I go over their profile and give them suggestions. 
that sounds like a no-brainer. So I hope that the listeners take up take you up on that offer. It would be really great for all of us to have much stronger, not only a LinkedIn profile, but a better base of knowledge to use LinkedIn to build our businesses. Because it's for me, I've always re, I've always seen it as the business networking platform, unlike the other platforms that give you a lot of visibility, but they're not really related directly to your business and how you can grow your business. So I think this is definitely the platform. So I'm ready to go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll help you in any way I can because you are the best kept secret and we don't want that to be that way anymore. All those business people that want to start speaking to grow their business, they need to know about the speaker's guild. Excellent. I'm looking forward to working with you, Rhonda. And thank you so much for taking the time out of what I'm assuming is a pretty busy day for you to speak with me and share this information with my audience. I'm happy to do it. And that is the show for this week. You can join me. uh, Usually I'm on Tuesday mornings at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time. If you're a speaker and you'd like to share your passionate message with my listeners here at Speaking with Influence, feel free to contact me. My number is 760-685-1960, or you can send me an email. My email is debra, D-E-B-R-A, at speakersguildusa.com. Until next week, I hope you have a safe and prosperous week. Speaking with Influence is brought to you by Speakers Guild USA, where we have the perfect speaker for your next event. Visit us at speakerskilledusa.com.